G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. communication is getting harder and harder to come by. Technology lets us be more connected, but somehow we communicate less with people and with God. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called Unlocking the Power of Prayer. Because prayer is indeed powerful, yet so many people are missing out. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called Love Is. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help you experience God's love and share God's love. Now this week on the program we're starting a new series that I've called The Power of Prayer. The power of having a conversation with God, a relationship, an intimate, delightful relationship. But you know, the more technology we seem to get in our hands, the more connected we become. Way back when, the postal service was a major innovation. Then came telephones and cars and and then faxes and mobile phones and emails. And these days, my daughter communicates with her friends through websites like myspace.com. And the other thing you notice is the more of this stuff we have available in our lives, the busier we become, the more options we have. So, So we cram pack our lives full of doing and stuff and stuff and stuff. And the incredible paradox of all this is that the more communication devices we have at our fingertips, the less we communicate. You know, the sort of communication that happened when we went camping as kids or sat around a fire and just talked. Somehow, we're so busy these days that that sort of comfortable, relationship-building, affirming communication seems to have gone out the window, whether it's with other people or with God. This this paradox is real. It's alive. It affects almost everybody. Somehow, technology and work and all the entertainment options that people have these days, instead of opening us up to other people, close us down. You see teenagers who are wired to their iPods. On the news last night, um, they were saying here in Australia, one in three adults has an MP3 player. And I proudly thought, well, that's not me. And then I realised my mobile phone is also an MP3 player. It's all so seductive. Cable television, internet, movies, restaurants, on and on and on. And okay, we can't all afford all of those things all the time. But we all go chasing after some of that stuff and we want more and more and people are working longer and longer. And, And you know, those leisurely lunches with families and friends on the weekends are replaced with rushing around shopping centres and and buying stuff and trying to get this organised and that organised. I'm as much a victim of this as anyone else. One of the things that I've had to do is to deliberately carve out 
time with people to deliberately say, no, those emails can go unanswered today because I need to spend some time with my wife. I have this very good friend, his name is James, and once or twice a week, James and I will catch up for coffee just to have someone to talk to and some friendship. We need to decide in all this business to stop the merry-go-round, get off and smell the roses. And these days, it's a deliberate decision. These days, we almost have to go against the flow to get that sort of communication happening. It's true in my relationship with people, and it's true in my relationship with God. Lots of people know how wonderful it is to pray. Regular communication with God, stopping and pausing with him, just resting there with him every day. But many of those people are just too busy to do it. Get up, you have breakfast, you commute to work, you're flat out all day, you come home tired. How do you fit in great family communication, let alone spending some real wonderful time with God in prayer? Well, that's a good question. I spoke on this subject a couple of years back at a conference of Christian leaders in the field of media and communications. And I made the point that the most important thing each one of us has to do in our lives is to have a relationship with God. A young lawyer came to Jesus and said to him, Jesus, what's the most important thing to do in life? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. This is the greatest commandment, and the second one is just like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. So on my to-do list, and on your to-do list, the most important thing, the most important thing, is to spend some time with Jesus every day. And we call that prayer. And you know, one by one at this conference afterwards, these leaders came up to me quietly on the side and said, you know something, I have such a problem with this. I, I'm so busy. I don't know what to do. And it's a really common problem. It's not just me. It's not just you. A lot of people have this problem. How do I find time to pray? Most people know that a regular prayer time, most days, is one of the best things they can do. When I spend that time quietly each morning with God, the peace and the joy and the rest, getting ready for the day, I seem to handle things so much better. It works. But we're so busy doing the urgent things, we don't have time for the important things. Priorities, we set our priorities. We allocate our time. We decide. And if we don't do this, what happens is a communication gap. It happens in a family. It happens in a marriage. It happens in work. It happens in any relationship you care to mention. If we don't spend good time together... We drift apart and the communication gap gets wider and wider and wider. You know what I've noticed? My fellowship with God gets deeper and richer when, when I regularly every day have this prayer life with him. If I let it go a day here, a day there, then it becomes two or three days and then it becomes a week and then I sit down and try and pray and it's like the conversation's bouncing off the ceiling. It's the nature of relationships really, isn't it? We have a decision to make. Do I want a rich relationship with God? I mean, do I really want that? Is that the most important thing on my heart? And if the answer is yes, well, then it has to translate 
into the priorities on our to-do list. We have to carve out that time and keep it, whether it's quietly in the morning or on the bus or the train or in the car or in the evening, whenever it works for you and whenever it works for me. There is power in prayer, real power and rest and delight and wonder, but it just ain't going to happen if we don't set that time aside each day. Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Love, they say, is what makes the world go round. Fair enough. But sometimes we don't feel loved, and sometimes we struggle to share that love with those around us. It's not easy. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest booklet. It's called Love Is, and with the life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to really apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. Because, man, God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that through this simple booklet, He'll help you experience His love and share His love. You can request your free copy at ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see that offer right there toward the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. That web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Okay, let's get back now into God's Word. Prayer is such a funny thing. I mean, it's based on this notion that we can talk to someone we really can't see or hear at least not in the same way as we see and hear the people around us. Sometimes people pray out loud, other times in their heads, so he he can read thoughts too. And after all, who are we praying to, This, this God, this Jesus? Who is that? It's kind of like we go looking for someone, God, but do we ever find him? And who is he anyway? And, And do we want to find him? Where do we go looking for him in the first place? I mean, they're all good questions. If you're going to be talking with someone you can't see, then surely, first, you have to seek him and find him, don't you? I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey or or whether you've ever pondered those questions. Maybe you've just assumed them. Maybe you've never worried about them. Prayer is a wonderful thing, but it's a step of faith. It's talking with someone that we just can't see. Now, either he's there at the other end, and all that makes sense, or he isn't. And we're kidding ourselves. And then it's a loopy thing to do. This week on the program and over the next three weeks, we're talking about the power of prayer because I believe that prayer is a powerful thing. It's a wonderful thing to do. But before we can go there, we have to go back to square one to seek out this God that we're praying to in a time of need. I did. Life's going along okay and all of a sudden, bang, and you think, help, and who do I turn to? I'll pray happens over and over again. Sometimes it seems the only way God can get our attention is in those times of need. And it happened to the nation of Israel. They were exiled in slavery in Babylon for 70 years. And Jeremiah the prophet, you can read about it in in Jeremiah chapter 29. If you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. They were going through some really tough times in exile 
wondering where God was and, and how come Jerusalem had been destroyed and here we are in slavery and whatever happened to all of God's promises. And God speaks to them through Jeremiah and he says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Now, this is really interesting because here God links the two things I've just been talking about, seeking God out and praying. Have a look at it again. Verse 12, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. It kind of makes sense. Before you can really have any deep relationship or communication with someone, you seek them out. I mean, today, my wife Jackie and I have a really close relationship and I communicate with her in a way that I don't communicate with anyone else. It's, it's deep and intimate. But when we first met, she was just a face in the crowd. And our courtship was really when I went seeking her out. And it's exactly what I did. In a sense, I had to go after her and she had to come after me. And we had to seek each other out before we could have the relationship we have today. And my hunch is it's exactly the same with God. One of my favourite books of all time, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, this is what he writes on the subject of seeking out God. He says, Where the modern scientist has lost God amid the wonder of his world, we are in danger of losing God amidst the wonders of his word. You know, we've almost forgotten that God's a person and that, as such, a personal relationship can be cultivated with him. In this hour of all but universal darkness, one cheering gleam appears. Within the fold of Christianity, there are to be found increasing numbers of people whose lives are marked by a growing hunger after God himself. They won't be put off with words or shallow logic. They won't be content to busy themselves with nervous activity and yet still to know this inner emptiness. These people are a thirst for God and they won't be satisfied until they've drunk deep at the fountain of living water. They desire God above all. They are a thirst to taste for themselves the piercing sweetness of the love of Christ about whom the prophets wrote and the psalmist sang. They want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eyes the wonder that is God. And I want to deliberately encourage this mighty longing after God. Jesus waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. And that's exactly what God said through Jeremiah. When you seek me with all your heart, then and only then will you find me. Oh, Bernie, I've tried praying on and off, but you know, it's empty and hollow and, and I don't know, it doesn't work. Okay, let me ask you a question. Have you sought after God himself with all your heart? Have you gone after him? Do you want a relationship with him more than anything else on this earth with all all your heart. God says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Then I will be found by you, declares the Lord. My hunch is that this is the starting point of a powerful and rich and rewarding prayer life with God. 
Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could also pray for one or two others and leave them a word or two of encouragement. You can be such a mighty blessing to so many others by supporting them in this way. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So please, let us pray for you and with you, and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. All right, let's head back into God's Word to see what else He has for us today. Whenever I speak with people about praying, you know, one of the most common reactions is, well, I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. I mean, that that person over there, well, she probably would be. and, And that one over yonder, well, yeah, I think he would be. But not me. You see, you don't know me. I mean, the things I've said and done and thought, no, I just can't bowl up to God and start praying. If that's your reaction, in one sense you'd be right, but in another, completely and utterly wrong. Because on the one hand, God is a perfect and holy God, and we fall well and truly short of that. But on the other hand, he knows that, and, and that's why. He sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die for us, to pay for all our our falling short so that we can have free access. Jesus, it turns out, is the key. God is having a party and it is come as you are. I'll share a story with you. A few years ago, I went to Government House in Australia where the Governor-General, the Queen's representative, the head of state lives. His name at the time was Sir William Dean. And Government House is a beautiful old building in a place called Yarralumla, just outside the national capital, Canberra. I'd asked him to do a short radio interview, and his secretary rang and said yes, and so so I drove there. Now, when you drive up to Government House, there are two gates. There's kind of, you know, the staff entrance or the servants' entrance, and then on the right-hand side, there's this big gate with the sweeping drive, and, and that's where prime ministers and kings and queens and presidents drive up to see the Governor-General. And I arrived and I went to the what I thought the staff entrance and they said, no, 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 sir, please go to the other entrance, the main entrance, and we'll let you through. And you drive up this huge sweeping drive and you pull up where, where, where queens and presidents have pulled up. And James, the butler for 38 years, opens the door and ushers me in. And as I'm driving up this driveway, I look on the bonnet of my car, dark, beautiful car. It was back then in those days. And there's this big bird plop on the bonnet. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, if I'd have known I was driving up this driveway, I would have washed the car. I was so self-conscious. And yet, when I met the man, when I met Sir William Dean, the Governor-General, he was the most humble and delightful human being you would ever hope to meet. 
he almost made me feel as though he was the one who was honoured by me being there. He's a small man physically, but huge in stature. He didn't give a toss about whether or not I'd wash my car. I don't think he even noticed. And he even invited myself and my wife and my daughter back the next day to have a wander around the grounds. I mean, it's a great picture. I'll never forget it. It's so not what I expected. And over the years, I've discovered it's exactly the same with God. He looks straight past the spots and blemishes and stains to our hearts. He just takes us the way we are. He can because of Jesus, because of the price Jesus paid on the cross. If we believe in him, you and I are wiped clean. If we just believe, just put our faith in Jesus and what he did for us on that cross, we have open access to God. Have a listen to this huge, eloquent, well-structured, articulate prayer prayed by the first person who ever went to heaven because he believed in Jesus Christ. He's one of the two criminals who was crucified alongside Jesus. Now, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. We're reading from Luke chapter 23, beginning at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Go on, save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked the first one. Don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, here we are hanging on a cross. We're being punished justly. We're getting what we deserve. But Jesus, Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. And then this second criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, before today is out, you will be with me in paradise. This criminal is about to die. He has nothing to give Jesus. He couldn't do anything for Jesus. You and me, we wouldn't have given him a prayer. But that's all he had and it's all it took. From one cross to the next. Out of his pain, hanging on a cross, about to die, all he says is, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Just a few short words. But you know what they were? They were words of faith. They were a prayer of faith. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, before today is out, you will be with me in paradise. When are we finally going to wake up that that's what prayer is? Just a simple step of faith, right from where we are, right from who we are. God is having a party and it's come as you are. And the key is Jesus, just a simple faith. And all my yuck is paid for on that cross. I can come to God. You can come to God through that faith in Jesus in our time of need. And that's exactly what God says through the book of Hebrews. Have a look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And it says something like this. Jesus isn't just some God in heaven. He's walked in our shoes. He's been through every trial and temptation that we have to deal with. So he gets it. He understands exactly what we're going through. And because of that, we can come boldly before the throne of grace with a quiet confidence that we'll find grace and mercy just in time to meet our very need. He gets it. That phrase, come boldly before the throne of grace, speaks of a confidence not in ourselves, but in what Jesus has done for you and me. And that's why we can come as we are. That's, that's why we can say, I'm going to seek out God through Jesus. I'm going to find him, and I'm going to spend time, and I'm going to pray. 
That's why we don't have to be afraid to sit down and pray and say, Lord, I blew it today. I want to share with you a phone message from a listener that I received just the other day, and it says it all. This is what he said, his exact words on the phone. I'm only a new Christian, and I've been with the Lord probably about 10 weeks, and I'd been going great guns. And then I had a night when I went out drinking, and I told my friend, who's not a Christian, I wasn't sure if I could be a Christian anymore. I felt real terrible about it, and I thought I'd really blown the whole thing with God. It's only when you came on the radio tonight that I realised that that's why Jesus died for me. I want to say God bless you guys and thank you for his grace. God bless you, man. It was really awesome tonight. And it is really awesome when we finally realise that we have free access to God through what Jesus did for us On the cross, we can get busy and run around and chase after this and chase after that, but at the end of the day, you know something there's power in prayer. We're going to look at that power over the coming weeks, and there's a joy and a peace that happens in prayer. And we can come to Him just as we are, seek Him out with all our hearts, say, Lord, I want to have a fantastic relationship with you. And the way I'm going to start, the way I'm going to take my first step, I'm going to set aside just 10 or 15 minutes every day, quietly, alone, just to spend with you. And you know, when we do that, something awesome happens. Jesus shows up. Christianity Works is to see your life powerfully transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus in a rich, dynamic relationship with Him. So if you'd like to go even deeper, then let me encourage you to stop by and explore ChristianityWorks.com where you'll find a wealth of messages on all sorts of different subjects straight out of God's Word and conveniently arranged so that you can find exactly what you need for today. There's so much there for you. Your free subscription to our daily fresh devotional so you can receive a powerful scripture and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement each day by subscribing to Fresh. And remember, we would love to pray for you. Just click on the powerful prayer icon towards the bottom of the homepage. Everything at ChristianityWorks.com is free, including that e-booklet I mentioned earlier. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. With all my heart, I know that Jesus wants to have a powerful impact on your life to help you be all he made you to be. So go on, head across to ChristianityWorks.com and be blessed. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.